Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. The Drive at Five. The stories driving today's headlines. Brought to you by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. When disaster strikes, demand the yellow van on 100.1 FM and AM 1020. KDKA. This is your Drive at Five. We're getting you home safely on a Thursday. I'm not moving this car. So you bought your seatbelt. I'm, I mean it. I'm not moving. Okay, thank you. Here we go. Drive at 5, starting at 5.07. A train carrying ethanol derailed in Minnesota. Several of those cars ended up catching on fire early this morning in Raymond, Minnesota, sparking an evacuation of residents near the crash site. Now, the sheriff's office was notified about the train derailment about 2 o'clock Eastern time this morning, even though they're in the central time zone. 22 rail cars carrying a mix of freight and ethanol and corn syrup among the uh, cargo on that train, according to the company that owns Owns it, BNSF Railroad, ethanol, highly flammable chemical. Several of the derailed tank cars did catch on fire, the sheriff's office said. They did have a one-half mile radius uh, evacuation area. And law enforcement officers and EMS personnel assisted with the evacuation of people. No injury is reported. The cause of the derailment is still under investigation, the railway said in a statement. But because of the accident, the main track was blocked. Not clear when it is going to reopen. Minnesota Department of Transportation also said Highway 23 in the area is also closed because of those cars coming off the tracks. Police investigating an incident near Winston-Salem, North Carolina. School officials at Forsyth Tech Community College briefly reported an active shooter incident this morning before police said, nope, not the case. The community college in Winston-Salem sent out the message on Twitter about 11.30 this morning. We're experiencing an active shooter situation. Law enforcement is on site. The campus is on lockdown with shelter in place for students, faculty, and staff, said the tweet. About 18 minutes later, police went out a message saying there was no active shooter on campus. We can confirm there was no active shooter, said police, on the campus of Forsyth Tech. There is still an active investigation on campus. No other threats to other schools in the area. Winston-Salem police initially said they reported the shooting on the main campus of Forsyth Tech Community College. Officers on the scene assisting, they said, information provided as it becomes available. Two male suspects reported by a local television affiliate were still at large, according to police. Alerts from the school said there were reports of shots fired at the Strickland Center, according to the news outlet. But again, no actual shots fired, no actual suspect uh, in terms of not even having an active shooter on the campus. Very similar to what happened here in Pittsburgh yesterday. Nine soldiers killed in the Army uh, Black Hawk helicopter collision in Kentucky. It was an exercise Wednesday night that happened around 11 o'clock Eastern in Trigg County, west of Fort Campbell, the Army base 
The statement that was issued says it was two HH-60 Blackhawk medical evacuation aircraft engaged in a training exercise. All nine soldiers were based at Fort Campbell, all part of the 101st Airborne Division. Their identities not immediately made public. Uh, Brigadier General, though, who was issuing a statement, said five people in one helicopter, four in the other. As the helicopters were being flown using night vision goggles, the Army has deployed an aircraft safety team from Alabama who is expected to arrive this afternoon and start its investigation into the crash. They're hopeful that investigators will be able to pull data from onboard computers noting there's something similar to a black box on board that they think will be able to give them a little better idea as to what happened. Russia arresting a U.S. journalist, and now the charges are coming out of espionage. Russian authorities arresting American journalists for the Wall Street Journal on those spying charges. Evan Gershkovitz was detained in the Ural Mountains on suspicion of, quote, espionage in the interest of the American government. So says the Federal Security Service, FSB, in Russia. The FSB is accusing him of collecting information constituting a state secret about the activities of one of the enterprises, the Russian military-industrial complex. Now, as for the Wall Street Journal, they are denying the charges. FSB provided no evidence or further details on when Gurkovich was detained. He was later taken to court in Moscow, formally arrested there. The court quickly ordered that the initial detention last until May 29th, according to the official Telegram channel of the Capitol's courts. He denied his guilt, according to the TASS news agency. If convicted, he could face up to 20 years in prison. As for China, what are they up to? Well, they're not so happy about the president of Taiwan making a trip through not only the United States, but also through Central America. Taiwan carefully deciding exactly where their president is going to stop in the U.S., always foregoing any official meetings with senior U.S. leaders in an effort to contain what China may do. And they've said it would be a strong but as yet unspecified response if there were a meeting. The president arrived in New York Wednesday, scheduled to spend all day today in the city with few details about the trip. She did address members of New York's Taiwanese community at a speech last night where she thanked the U.S. for its security assistance and urged Taiwanese unity. The safer Taiwan is, the safer the world will be, and pledged that Taiwan would work with its democratic partners to remain in the path to democracy. Pro-China demonstrators waving the Chinese flag were rallying against the president in New York. One protester holding a sign saying the Taiwan when his leader is a big traitor of China. 512 right now on your Thursday afternoon. Pope Francis progressively improving the word from the Vatican after he spent a night in a Rome hospital diagnosed with a respiratory infection. The 86-year-old pontiff well-rested overnight, resuming work, according to a Vatican spokesperson. Quote, the clinical picture is progressively improving, and he is continuing his planned treatment. This morning after having breakfast, he read some newspapers and resumed work. He also added that the pope has, quote, gathered in prayer and received the Eucharist. End quote. Francis was taken to the hospital complaining of breathing difficulties. The Vatican said that he would spend a few days there when they made the announcement yesterday. Francis' audiences through Friday are canceled, raising questions about his participation excuse me, in the Vatican's Holy Week activities and about his health in general. Of course, Holy Week will kick off with Palm Sunday this coming Sunday and then throughout the next week. A tweet from Francis's account on Thursday said the Pope was touched by the many messages he has received. 
with nearly an 800-page Commonwealth Court ruling that it declared the state's school funding system unconstitutional hanging over their heads. Pennsylvania's acting education secretary is trying to figure out exactly what he can do to do right by students. It has impressed us, he says, and I believe that we have the moral compass and influence to do it, said Khalid Mamim, who is presently uh, working as the state's acting education secretary, awaiting confirmation, noting that he has met with 31 of 50 senators in advance of his confirmation hearing. He says education has to look different for our youth here in the Commonwealth. The questions he fielded from senators made it clear that there are a range of differences that they want to see from universal free school meals to addressing poor performing charter schools to also checking out what school districts do with their reserves. And finally, Millie's Homemade Ice Cream has plans for expansion and got a boost from Eaton Park Hospitality Group. The idea behind this was that we wanted a partner who could help us grow our footprint and our franchising mission, said the CEO of Millie's. Chad Townsend telling the Post-Gazette that Eaton Park was an attractive choice as a partner due to its decades of institutional experience and its growth over a variety of sectors in the hospitality uh, business, which includes not only Eaton Park, but Hello Bistro and Porch Restaurants, Parkhurst Dining, and contract dining services for corporations, higher education institutions, and private clients as well. And that is today's Drive at 5. It is 5.15 on KDKA. The Drive at 5. The stories driving today's headlines. Brought to you by ServiceMaster of Greater Pittsburgh. When disaster strikes, demand the yellow van on 100.1 FM and AM 1020. KDKA. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.